Hello, welcome to Black Cap Recap, where two bald guys wear black ball caps and dive into the deeper meaning of movies, TV, and media. We're your co-hosts, Sean McCannelly and Aaron Russo. This is a conversation between two friends, and we hope that you enjoyed as much as we do. All right, so welcome back to another edition of Black Cap Recap. We took a week off last week, and so we are going to dive into Season 1, Episode 6 and 7 of Severance. A lot going on in that episode. Um, we have uh, the, probably the, I don't know, at least, well, I guess maybe it's easier to go like any and Audi world narratives. Because yeah. like in the, in the any world, there's... There's the, the the primary thing is the kind of like uh, I don't know the the first like full meeting between yeah. uh, Necrodata refinement yeah and O and D O and D and that really very uh, kind of endearing moment when they're all standing there looking at each other yeah. <laughs> yep and and you and I think that 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 so the the relationship between um, and I don't I, the character names are all escaping me but. Between John Turturro's character and Christopher Earth. Walken's character, and right, Earth. is like is yeah. the catalyst. So their their love story yeah. is the catalyst for the breaking down of these walls yeah. between the two departments. Because they explicitly say that the handbook forbids fraternization, right. which they're pushing to the limit of their like homoerotic romance. Right. But, like, I mean, the handbook probably just means like literally like don't be chummy with other departments in any way <laughs> right but, like they're pushing it as far as it goes but, um, but, but i think i think that, like, that greenhouse or whatever that is the central narrative in the any world yeah in this episode that um starts to you see you start to see um milchek and mm-hmm. whoever the boss lady is Co- i forget Cobol. Yeah, they're panicking. Yeah, a little bit. Like there's like, hey, I mean, they kind of. It's for the first time that they appear to be kind of like, yeah, well, we got to get this under control. Milchek goes on, does something on his own, without informing her. When he goes to which is to, to what's his name? Any Audi? Yes, yeah, so like a major revelation in the show up right. to this point is that they can remotely activate yeah. the any when the. Like they can switch, not just the elevator. Like there's right. manual control of that. Yep. And Milchik turns Dylan on, turns Dylan's innie on when Dylan's at home. Um, well, he, he goes to his goes house. Goes to his house. And then turns and like, him into any version. Yeah, like he goes to his house talks to as the Audi and like, I don't know, it's, has some kind of front, like a salesman or whatever. Like he doesn't, doesn't really doesn't tell know us. Dylan but on he's, the he, outside. He has, I mean, it was he very... this kid like... It was Dylan's very son. creepy. Yeah. Like it was... And in I, the closet... Like, yeah, what, what, number one, what was he doing hiding in the closet? Yeah. Or I don't know if he was hiding or not. And, like, how did he get all the way into his house, have yeah. a conversation with his kid? Tell him to come to a it's thousand. It's all very disturbing. And all just to, like, because Dylan took, like, this card from O&D. Yeah. This, these weird, like, motion cards that are, like, showing. They look like the f- generic, like, uh like safety how like yeah like some kind of <laughs> like right a generic like how to yeah. do the heimlich in a yeah diagram. but it was like a was it like a karate move or something? it was like a weird it was a movement and yeah i don't know and then dylan like tells him that he's under the bathroom stall or under the toilet yeah um but that's all he wanted or whatever or i guess maybe he wanted more but he got interrupted and right. he had to like switch him back off but like so dylan's any the next day is totally different and like this is the point where dylan is like he's He's, the spell is broken for him of like, 
I'm all in it for the incentives and the perks. Like he is like <laughs> the finger. Chest. I've got a kid. Like what's my kid's name? Like he's got it out for Milchek. He wants more information and he's like, right. he's ready. He's like ripe for a revolution. If we see in the next episode more, right? Like that's his, he's going on his arc and from that, but that's a major thing is that they can control the innies remotely or manually. Right. Um, not just the, ele- the elevator isn't the only mechanism. It's right. Like then Heli later on. In the right. Next that, episode, that, in, like, that it catalyzes them out. to say, hey, we're going to figure out we'll how, figure to, out how to, to get to that control. Yeah. Off. Um, yeah. So, so I guess, I guess, I mean, that episode that, and then, so that, that the any narrative is kind of like, I guess, for, you know, without getting bogged down in the details, is the, the narrative of the beginnings of like, you know, the, the feeding off of like the camaraderie yeah. piece that they were reading in the book the previous episode. And then there's this slow coming together of the people within data refinement and O&D and collectively and all of that, you know, appears to be a threat to yeah. whatever the structure or whatever the, the agenda is at Lumen. Um, and then on the Audi side, uh, we get primarily Mark's story. Yeah. Well, his sister, Devin, meets Gabby. Well, yeah, so Gabby's they so they go to this, like, birthing compound. Or... Well, that's the, the one before that is, like, they're giving birth and everything, but Devin meets, Devin had met this lady Gabby who was like right. got the rich one. Right. She met her in, like when she was laboring. In, that's then, episode five. Yeah, and then like the next in episode, episode six, she sees her at a park and they meet at a park. But like Gabby does not recognize her. Right. And the kid's name is different. Um, yes, and she like, questions her about yeah. that. I thought you were gonna name him this, like William or whatever. Right. And, like no, it's something else. And so like that makes me wonder like, do do people use severance? Like, did they did they sever her for the delivery process so she wouldn't like have to go, you know go through it? Like, well, the, are they remotely severing other people and like do these like do people have like Stepford wives right who are like like they have, well like, that's a that is old wife versus like a they know. find out like in the in the episode we find out that her husband is a state senator yeah and we and find he's, like, out pro lumen he's pro yeah. he's pro severance yeah pro severance he's like and apparently off. there is and we get hints of this before but there is this debate in the larger world about the ethics of yeah. the severance process how far it should go and and it's not just at lumen yeah and it's and other corporations do it or whatever. right and it well and maybe even not just corporations yeah other entities like yeah. like it's more of like this initially we're introduced to it through mm-hmm. the, the lens of lumen but it could very well be that this is a procedure that isn't just used by corporations. Yeah. And did Lumen invent it or is like, are they just like taking a direction and they're not the originers, originators of the technology, right? Right. They don't even know that. Right. No. They just want to be running with it in a whole different direction. Um, yeah. Or whatever. It is. So, so the, it's an inter- it's interesting in, in terms of like what that mean, what the ramifications of that storyline are for Mark. Yeah. Cause because of his, well, without getting into episode seven, with his relationship with the midwife, yeah, and and how that at least initially appears to be maybe his a healthy relationship and his road back to like I guess like it feels like what they're what they're like because Mark's character right he's 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 the only one that we get the most information about his innie and Audi yeah and his innie and Audi stories are kind of parallel in the sense that. 
his Innie and Audi seem to both be like the ones with the biggest arc. Mm-hmm. And, and his Audi character in this episode is, appear, is for the first time probably, in my view, making progress yeah. in, 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 in dealing with his junk. Um, and, and I'm not really sure how the, how the narrative with his sister and the, and the, and what happened with the, the girl at the camp or whatever, <laughs> and all of that, I think, I don't know if it's just a way of telling, it's a vehicle for telling yeah. the larger story. Um, but I like, it's really well done. And I really yeah. like his sister, actually. She's a very interesting yeah. character. Um, I like Rickon too. I wish we would have seen more of him in the last two episodes. Yeah, but. they're the comic relief, I <laughs> yes. think, of the show. Well, like his book has like fallen by the wayside in the last. Like, there's been no mention of him or his book. Yeah, they, I think there was one. Was there one reading of it? Or was that the one before that? That was the one before that when we were talking about camaraderie. Yeah, that's that was like, previous. So like, yeah, there hasn't that hasn't been a plot device in this last two episodes. Right. Um, so, so that's one Audi experience, and then yeah, he's. Um, he, he's not with the midwife at all in this one. That's in the next one. I think he dates her again. I thought is he dates her again in episode six. Yeah. And then in episode seven is when they, he acts weird and she yeah. leaves and, and he, he starts to go backwards. In, uh, one in thing his from episode six that is relevant is that it's like Miss Casey is in the break room. Is told to be, is, is, told to the others that she's in the break room and that right. she's a part-time employee. A part-time any? Yeah, or whatever. Did they like say a part-time, part-time any. She's yeah. a part-time any. So that's a new thing and like kind of weird and Mark and her like pass each other. In that hallway. And yeah. like he, that's right, because he, we don't see what happens in the break room for him for, I guess, disciplining whatever. What was he getting disciplined for? Was it for Heli's suicide attempt? Like he goes into the break room. Well, he disrupted. He he smuggled her out of her session. That's right. With he- into the goats with, and all that. Yeah. So, but later we see like he has like marks on his knuckles. Yeah. Like yeah. he was punching something or whatever. Right. And that's when he's yeah meeting with the, when with the midwife talking with her. Right. About, and they said like oh I just like my hand got crunched with the water cooler or something. Right. Like the, his Audi was told the story. We don't know what happened in there. Right. Exactly. Um, but yeah, that's like a little nugget that is relevant for later. But <laughs> there's a lot of nuggets in the last two episodes that I, I think are, are turning this into quite, quite the puzzle. But it ends with him like because he had thrown out the phone, uh, PD's phone. Right. And he goes and recovers it and it's still ringing. It's forever. still ringing. That, finally... I'm sorry. That has the longest battery life of any phone <laughs> well, I've ever seen. It's only been a few days, but still. <laughs> but he picks it up and it's like a woman who seems to know him and has him meet her uh, at this place right at the university at the university and we learned that he used to teach there and to, to and the that, best of my understanding it's the person that they're ta- uh koval and and Mulchek are talking about the uh, something rigamini or rigabi something yeah. i'm assuming i was assuming yeah, I that that her. was her right well okay so then in a, that goes right into episode seven he's uh, he's meeting her at the college right she seems to know who he is yep um well, she says, she says, I'm the one who did your severance. Like right. She's like a severance surgeon, or at least a former one. She's, so she's kind of a whistleblower or whatever. Or right. Like I, a, think, I think like she's, Schindler's list she's like the guy. person who was on the inside. Yeah. Now she's on the outside. Right. She's against, she's come to her senses. Yeah. She's abhorred by what she's done and made so herself an enemy of yeah. the Lumen. 
So we don't know what she was intending to do with him when she met him because the security the security guy, guy shows up and she and beats she, the yeah, pulp she, out of his head. She negans him with that baseball bat. Yeah, and and gets his key card and then she's like, I guess new plan is, hey, give this to your innie. He'll know what to do with it, and which I mean, I guess that means he can smuggle that card in right without any problem. Well, and that and that was so. Two things about that. Number one, like I think that the 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 violence with which yeah like there's a there's a there's a rage yeah in her yeah like they show it they make it very intentional like Like, there's a history with her and him like and she's taking it and she has absolutely zero remorse right about beating his brains out yeah so there's something very ominous about that and she's cognizant of like mark was like i'm gonna throw up and she's like don't like you'll get your dna all over the place like she's she knows like what's gonna happen like there's gonna be an investigation they're gonna look into this right and, like you can't be connected to his death and she she way. appears to be i i think she i think she appears to be like like Petey used to be her connection to the inside yeah and now That's he's him. gone and now she's trying to make him right her connection to the inside um, and protect him from the consequences of what happened. Well, and she, what is it, like, because Mark was skeptical of her because he was like, kind of, did you kill Petey? Or like, or she's like, I I fixed, or I reintegrated Petey or whatever. Right. And But then he, she was like, he didn't follow my instructions or whatever, and that's why he died. Like, or she said something about that at the beginning. Right. Like, like, because she, he didn't do what she said, and she was like frustrated with that. That's why he died. Right. And not... Like, she didn't kill him or cause him to be killed or just use him up. Like, she she was reassuring Mark that um, whatever well, they did for him or however he was reintegrated or his yeah. reintegration experiment she was involved with. and It didn't go she right. Was trying to sa- she was trying to save him, but he didn't follow her instructions, um, whatever they were. Is what well, because I was always under the impression that his, I mean, the way his reintegration was 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 portrayed it seemed didn't seem very it seemed like it was it didn't seem like it was happening in a, an organized way right. it was like it was very like, chaotic yeah, Koble's like experiment because she was trying to prove that it worked or she was like happy that it worked right but then she needed the chip back right and he died like so i don't know i don't i'm not sure what all that chip. how all that works but clearly like so there's the other thing that well so clearly like like her animosity, Mugabe or Rugabe or whatever, her animosity toward the people at Lumen is yeah. profound. Yeah. So either there's something so monstrous going on there that we will eventually be sympathetic to her, or she's a problematic character too in the, in the sense that, I mean, I, mean, I, I just think there's something they, they, like... Like the way that she goes at him, mm-hmm. and the way that she so, and then has zero remorse after is just like clean up this mess, you know? Okay, fuck it, we got things to do here. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the heck was that? Yeah, like where's that coming from? Yeah, like what's the story behind her being really a violent, like a violent revolutionary kind of person? Like, yeah. Um, but also, I was a little bit, a little bit like, okay, she's like, you know, just take this card, you know, your innie will know what to do with it or something like that. And it's like... How would she know that? Well, and, and how would how would it... I mean, if you give it to him when he's in his Audi, mm-hmm. and first of all, he has to 
actually follow your instructions and take it with him. But then when he goes to work and he's an innie, like there's no, he'd have zero understanding of what that was or where it came from or anything. Yeah. I mean, he might des deduce just from his environment what it is Which he and did. how to use it. He did because they saw that they now have the security doors. Right. For your, what did they say? Like, so you're nice and cozy in your workspace or whatever. Like, um. Well, that was, a, that was at the end of episode six, right? <laughs> yeah. Where he's, they're showing them constantly using the key yeah. to make sure the door is working, yeah, which I think checks. was a very, yeah. I think that was a very, like, it's like, like we're really not, like the people at Lumen, right, who, mm -hmm. who are working in the any program, they really don't want them fraternizing with yeah. O and D. Yep. And, and it's very, a very draconian step, right? Like, yeah. like, and they try to, <laughs> I love how this show, like it constantly, like, um, like, like the way that it kind of like puts a smiling face on these very draconian steps that yeah. these corporations take. Like, <laughs> well, I mean, they even like gaslit them. They're like, oh, it's, you know, like, are you locking us in? Like, oh no, we're just like making sure you're nice and cozy. In your right. Like, like, and like, like the way that my, I think my favorite, my favorite part of the whole thing in episode seven was when they were having the party. Yeah. And the, the uh, music dance experience. Yeah. <laughs> And then and it's like supposed to be like this and just another version of these cheesy like yeah. corporate, you know, like we're going to have a dance party. Here's your reward. You can pick one musical like, instrument. The dance and music experience is over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's such a great line. <laughs> and he's like, you may pick one like song, genre and one, uh, one instrument. And she picks the maraca or whatever. Right. And then that whole sequence was, jazz was her. was like, hilarious. Genre. It was so. Well, that's when Mark discovers, like, because he's got his hands in his pockets and he figures out he's got this key card. Right. And then he, I guess, deduces, like, oh, this probably works on that door. And, like, let's get back, let's get back out there. Or, or was, somehow he figures out that that's. Right. Maybe that he's that, seen it before. Like, he knows that this. Or he is, saw someone use it, like, maybe. This is the, the security room and that's where we need to go next. Because Dylan tells everyone, because Dylan's acting weird, <laughs> up to the point of, like, he's not participating in the party and then Milchick's like trying to get him to get, participate and Dylan like flips out um, right. because he had earlier Dylan as soon as he got off the elevator was right. like what the heck man and he's like do I have a kid like what's his name yeah and then Milchick's like it's best not to ask these questions so Dylan's seething and that finally comes to a head and he like tackles <laughs> scene where, and like where he's him. dancing behind yeah yeah he like tackles him and bites him and, yeah. then, and like Milchick is pissed but then like Milchick's like I'm gonna report this and then Dylan's like yeah go ahead like, let's go down there and explain what happened. And then that, right. that was a good alpha move because he's like, Dylan probably deduced or knew that, like, Milchik wasn't authorized to bring him online at right. home. So right. it's like, if you're, like, you got caught with your hand in the cookie jar, it's like, he's got Milchik around the neck on that. <laughs> and, like, but then they're like, what's, what's wrong with you? And so the four of them are talking in the, the room and, like, Dylan, like, explains the key information. like, right. And then that, that's a light bulb moment of, like, Helly's like, we need to get, we need to figure out how to do that. And then Mark's like, well, I've got the card. It's, right. That's like the plan is together. Right. Mark's going to like delay Milchek or like whatever. And, uh, but as soon as they, as soon as they get out, Irv's like, I'm out of here. I'm going to O&D. He's going to go see Bert. Um, which is the other on. big part of this, the episode, right? Yeah. Which is his. Yeah. So Bert's having like his retirement party. And he, when he, <laughs> what breaks him is, right? Cause he's, yeah. he's in love with any Right. Bert, 
right? Is it Bert? Yeah, Bert. He's in love with any Bert. And so he, his retirement party and the playing of that Audi video, yeah. and it's like, then it clicks for him. Like, yeah. this is barbaric. Well, yeah, because right? Bert like, is like, like, this is, he's like both saying like, oh, I'll remember you forever, but I actually don't know anything about you. Um, right. And like, that hits Bert's him Audi. hard. Yeah. Yeah. His Bert's like, innie is like, the wait a minute. Yeah. This is, this is cruel. Mm-hmm. Right. Like my feelings for this person are real. Yeah. And that's, yeah. And, well, and plus like if the Audi is retiring, then is the innie like destroyed or like, like, like that means that Bert to, to, to Irv, the innie Bert is Dying. Dead, right? That's because he's not going to come back to the basement ever again, right? Because his Audi's off and doing his own thing, right? So like, so like he's, Irv is like, I need to, I'm going to lose my love, right? If I don't he's, do something, he's, and so it's a beautiful, it's, it's really, a really, it's yeah. a very powerful, it's very interesting. Yeah, it's like yeah. he's, he's like, he's, yeah. he's, his arc. Like, and this is really like, I think that these the last two episodes really, mm-hmm. you know, moved the, the all, narrative moved along. All to yeah. yeah to a very specific place where they were all kind of different types of mm-hmm. corporate you know people who become united yeah. in their uh they all kind of for different in different ways un- start to realize you know who the enemy is yep um and <laughs> i don't know there's just something about the whole show and the way that it <laughs> portrays all of it and just the hokey ways that like how Milchek can just go from like mm-hmm. just being this, you know, and even um, eyes and all what's that. his name? What's her name? Um, Kobol. Kobol, like yeah. like that scene. Was it episode six where she's like, "We serve care." Like she's yeah. like she's like maniacal. Yeah. Like she's well, because we like, saw at the beginning of episode six, like her like, childhood, she has like a uh, like a shrine to. to well, Keter. I think it was it was portrayed. I think you were seeing like her childhood home, yeah. or her infant. Like when she was at the boarding school and mm-hmm. it kind of, I think it was a visual device because I don't think it was actually a physically the same place because it kind of goes from her childhood in the school to her current. No, she has like a shrine in her house or like in her place, like in her closet. She's got like this shrine to Kier. But the like bedroom that she candles. was in at the beginning looked very institutional. Oh. Was that in her house? Yeah, I think that was her bedroom. And that, that's her like It looked closet. like a boarding school it was like, or like uh, a hospital. Hey Arnold where I... Uh, yeah, she had Olga had like a shrine to Arnold because she loved him. It's the same thing. Like she, she had like this shrine, and it has like mementos and things like clues for her that she was like in the like Kier's school for girls or whatever. Like she's been raised in this system and fully indoctrinated into this cult. And yeah, she's like a true believer. And then she like, but again, like we've talked about before, like the shit rolls downhill. Like when she gets chewed out by the board. She's she like yes. yells at her underlings and so on, and then like Mark was yelling like Mark snapped at everyone else in the earlier episode too. So like that kind of chain of screaming is like a it's a real thing. Well, and then there was there that too. confrontation with that liaison from the board. Yeah, where she's yeah. In this episode, she the she comes back to find out. I think that lady tells him that the security guy is dead, which is news to her. And she also was like, she's on the phone with the board. Right, in her she, ear. And she like talks to the board yeah. through the inner earpiece to He's, say like, I'm like, reintegration is working or whatever. And, or it worked and I'll 
like I'd be happy to like go over this in person with you and then the lady's like yeah the board agrees like at the but there's a there's a tremendous amount of tension between yeah. those two characters in that moment yeah and I think that uh yeah I don't know I'm not sure what to make of that in the sense that I don't know what the I know that I know that every time she's talking to the board Koval mm -hmm. is talking to the board or you never hear their voices but like yeah she's she appears to be horrified of them yeah like there's some ominous sense of power yeah that they have over her or that she's very concerned but, uh, with but she has like clout like she's if she's just their underling and their employee like she's awfully assertive if she's supposed to leave but she's, she's not clearly she's clearly still below the board yeah like I feel like maybe she, like, is she, like, related? Is she one of, like, the founder's relatives where, like, they can't really get rid of her, but they have to manage her? So she, like, there is power there, but she, you know what I mean? Like, if she's, like, the granddaughter or whatever or the grandniece of one of the founders. I don't know if she's a relation or if she's just ideologically. Yeah. Like, you know. Or she's such a good soldier. Family. That, like, they can't, they, ha they can't just dismiss her outright, but, like. She's a bit of a chieftain in her own right. Like she has somewhat of a clout somehow, where they. Well, there's so there's so little that we know yeah. about the board and the bigger right. picture for Lumen. We still don't know what they do. I mean, it's like the Darth we Vader. We don't know like All the Imperials are they are afraid of Darth Vader, but Darth Vader is on the leash of of Emperor Palpatine, right? So right. it's like she's got a leash, but everyone under her. She is seems. Of her. She seems to be. Um. Well, she's an angry, she's, yeah. she's not a happy person. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know that she's self-aware of that. Right. I don't, I don't know if she's aware she of that. doesn't know what happiness is. I think she's so completely the person that, she, that, the, that the company or whatever has made her that she doesn't really... Like, she's the only character, really her and Milchek that I feel like there's just zero self like they're just they're not there's no there's no there's no redemption arc for them there's yeah. no they're they're completely 100% who they are for the company yeah um well do you I mean is Milchek severed permanently like is he a permanent is, is innie he, yeah does he have only an innie who but who does travel back and forth and like he's like a full innie agent and is there an Audi of his somewhere that's unrelated and un, you know what I mean? Like, do they, or yeah, do they have, is he one of the full-time innies they talk about that, I don't know. that Petey was talking about? Um, Cause he's like, there are people there who are never off. Well, before we, before we run out of time, we haven't even talked about the biggest thing of the whole yeah, two I was gonna episodes. Say, so the, the biggest thing is, is Mark's wife and that whole dynamic, but going back a step, Cobol <laughs> is like the, the lactation consultant <laughs> for Devin right. and like I don't know why it got me but like she's she's like teaching her how to have the thing latch and then she just like chucks the little doll yeah like like throws it down so like weirdly and it just it got me and I don't know if it's probably intentional but it's just like well I think it was it was just to I remind you like yeah she's a bad bitch she's, like the she's whole bad point news. of this she's like she's the whole it's all an act to get right to mark or get info on mark there's not a Devin. there's not a nurturing motherly bone because she was body. crying 
without like Devin was unaware, but she was prying about about Mark, Mark and his right. ex-wife or right. his late wife, which who we so like, which is is so she dead? That, well, we had that session with Miss <laughs> Casey, where she was like ask she was like um, going through things that either they love or like they're she was like going through a list of things and was saying like don't like don't react more or less than any other thing and like it was like this exercise right that she was putting them through in the right. counseling session and um but then like so like mark had gotten into the fight with the with the midwife because when he came back from the college he followed the instructions to like get rid of the clothes he had on right and he put them in the trash bag and then he put that on top of the trash and met miss cobal out there and she was like she noted like oh you like normally you put your trash out later in the day so right. i'm pretty sure she's gonna get to that bag and figure out like he's got something on there like blood stains or something right and then figure out mark was there at, at grainer's death but anyway um He's really suspicious because she's like, well, I woke up and you were gone for an hour. Like, right. where were you and whatever? And so, like, they get, kind of get in a fight and he's drunk and he, like, rips up this picture of his wife. Um, and then, like, regret, you know, regrettably... Uh, he puts it back puts together, it back together because while he's she took off. ...about all the things he loved about his wife, which and then is very it's... similar to that conversation with Miss Casey. And then we see the picture and it's Miss, it's Miss Casey. Right. Is, ...is his wife. Which um, doesn't make a whole lot of sense because, according to the story, she's died. In she's dead. So if the Audi version is dead, yeah. then there shouldn't be an any version. Yeah, because it's not like it's not like it's clones where there's like one clone died and the other didn't, unless there is. Um, which only the only other explanation is that she didn't actually die. she didn't actually die. But she had brain damage, which is why she seems so weird as an any. Maybe she's a part time any because, like they said, she's a part time because, like, they, she like isn't capable of like operating fully yet because she's like injured like is her is her audi on life support <laughs> somewhere else i don't know like a vegetable but then they like made an any version that's alive or whatever um but like it, but that that, makes that, sense. Go, like, that ending because now we got to like go back and think okay well, we're, when were all the times that Kate, miss casey and mark like around each other and as an any and neither of them seems to be at least mark isn't maybe she's not too neither of them seems well, they, aware of their existence as as spouses right um but like miss casey's the one who found mark and heli when they were off with the goats or whatever like she was like remember she was like watching heli on suicide watch and like they got her to go like to the supply room to get all the notepads like they she was like the the nanny to avoid whatever and like now i'm just like rethinking all of that and like she like found them wandering around on their mental health walk or whatever. And but like, more than more than any of that is the fact that she's dead like suppose yeah like, i mean like Mark thinks how she's is dead. It, yeah. it would be an and amazing reveal like, oh, yeah if if she were still alive as an audi yeah but now because like devin is like oh you know your wife's dead we knew and loved her like right it, like what like like and did did they take advantage of the fact that she died to do this or did they like make did is this whole thing like we faked her death for, well, the only explanation, there's only two explanations in this scenario. <laughs> Either she never died, yeah. and there's a story behind that, and they like and made Lumen it look like staged her crash. death yeah. for whatever reason, yeah. or the person inside the innie is not her. But we clearly are yeah. told at the end of that episode to believe that that's her. That, that Miss Casey is. Like, there's wife. no, what other, like. Gemma, what's her name? That. 
his wife is that person. Yeah, physically. Right. So it's got to be a fake death, right? Even though I can't imagine, like, how could he have gotten all the way well, through that ha- story? They would have to introduce cloning. Without seeing her body or... There would have to be cloning for that to make sense. Right. But yeah, that's the only... Ex- it's either, either that any version is a would be completely like separate person. Yeah. Or she's not. Her Audi never died. Right. And what who we're seeing is the any may or may not be a full-time any bore her, her Audi who actually didn't die on the outside is outside somewhere else unsevered or you know what I mean well like, I would assume that her that the, she has no Audi life yeah she might be they've taken of, that away from yeah. her but to what end and for what purpose like because Mark wasn't severed yet right her Until death after. made him become severed right made him want to do that so are they are they so going like, around <laughs> orchestrating catastrophes in people's lives to get them to, be to get them to become severed or and like how does Heli fit in all this in any way? Like, I still right. think she might be a key, like related to the founders in some way. Heli? Yeah. I think Heli, oh. that's why Heli is so adamant about keeping Heli inside is that she's on the, her Audi is like the hardest core of believers or whatever. Right. Maybe. I don't know. A, well, it's reason? interesting is that, is that Heli now is the only one, well, no, we don't get John Turturro's character. We don't know anything about his Audi. No. But her Audi, we, know like, we don't know really. They're, his storyline is, just, is yeah. just all any. I'm assuming that we're going to get yeah. that more. But, I mean, at this point, um, they have really, <laughs> they really created quite the jumbled puzzle yeah. To put, try to put the pieces together and figure out, especially at the end of episode seven. I mean, that, that just, I mean, that was a game changer in terms of like, yeah. whatever sense you were making of the story, yeah. it just got like obliterated. I mean, I thought for a second it was going to be Heli. Like I was expecting Heli. I didn't expect anybody that we knew. I didn't know what was going on. And then when they revealed it, I was like, oh, whoa. I thought it, I, was, I didn't Heli even know if we were going to see her. Too, because like they've connected as innies. And that would like imply like their connection as Audis has like been maintained as it remain integrated. Well, he has innings. he he when he was in the session with his wife, his wife Casey. apparently yeah. he 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 sculpted the tree yeah. where she had supposedly died. Yeah, which was an interesting moment because that was the connection between Audi and Innie. Right, like why would he have? thought to make a tree right it's just there that the night before we had said that right so like there is like bleeding like they're leading up to like obviously there's like with the pd is the most extreme example but there is like this bleeding effect happening um like integration or like the mind wants to be reintegrated well there's a degree to which the degree to which like there's it appears right that this technology this severance technology yeah is not perfected right and that both the people who are actually severed and the Lumen people, nobody appears to be in control fully yeah. of what this process, what this yeah. procedure is and how effective it is. And it's all very chaotic. I think at the end of the day, it still exists primarily. Well, there's, well you have that whole, and we're jumping all over the place I think, now. But, but I like, think like the, the departments kind of mingling and fraternizing and never is like the physical metaphor of the reintegration that's happening in the characters 
minds. Like it's like it's like we're seeing their brain like reintegrating by departments integrating, because like in an organization, each department is supposed to like there's supposed to be this cross pollination between like an organism that is like an or a company um, that can't just have like a corporation that's completely severed off from itself. Like you can't have your hands not knowing what your feet are doing and so on. Like the body is an integrated thing, and so I think that we're seeing um, like a two-layer metaphor going on of like when we see all the like MDR meets with OND, that is symbolic of each character's like integration. Integration kind of starting within their up. own lives. Yeah, like we're seeing these clues like marks with the tree, with you know maybe Dylan, like Dylan's connection with his family or son like the fact that he has one is like this starting his process of because he's, he's different any now he is a different any right. because he got to see his outside life a little bit he got a glimpse of well, it. that 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 made him right like that that made him realize how cruel yeah that process is right like because we never really get a good explanation of why anybody chooses to be in it. Yeah. severed. Well, the, the cruelty is like the theme. Like they all are realizing. So like Mark realized for Helly that like, even though she tried to kill herself, her Audi sent her back in. Right. And then like Irv is realizing like they're going to kill. Like my any love Bert is dying is going to be dead because the retirement of the Audi is going away. Right. And then, uh, Dylan is like it's cruel because like they're keeping my kid from me or whatever like the, the existence of my family is kept from me like I didn't realize that even though he gonna, chose but they they had chose it yeah but, how long he's been integrated but like or been severed but this kid you know isn't that old so it's like he probably knew he had a kid when he went and got severed which is a whole other layer of this whole thing like well I would think you get severed if you I think I think that again for me where this show hits home is is just and I could be wrong. Like, I still don't think, like, like, they've done very little. Like, there's almost a silliness to what they do when they're at work. It makes absolutely, like, nothing yeah. they do makes any sense. Right. Their, Their job itself. They're, they're, they're electronically printing water cans yeah. at O&D. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and the people are randomly selecting troubling numbers. And this guy's nursing goats. Like, yeah. it's so absurd. Yeah. That I don't know necessarily. I could be wrong, but I don't think I don't know that it necessarily matters at all. No, what, what they're doing. No, like that it might all be, and I could be wrong again. But it, it appears that to me, like the important thing isn't what they're doing, but it's that they're discouraged from questioning what they're doing. Yeah. And then when they start to question it, that's very problematic. I think it's like it's like a freshman one hundred and one, like psychology one hundred and one thing, where it's like they give. You know, they go in and it's one of those clever tests, like psycho psychologically, where they like have the, the, the kids go in and they like, they have to complete a task. But like the real experiment is like how they organize themselves in completing the task, right? So it's like the the researchers are studying the group dynamics, right? Of like how they organize, but it doesn't really matter toward a task. What you're doing, but like the task itself is the is the is a input or a, a variable in the experiment, not the experiment itself. So like. I think this is all, like I said, I think this is all, like, they're the subjects of the research, not what they're doing. Like, their job well, role they are, is Well, they are immaterial. the subjects of 
some kind of the metaphor yeah. for us yeah. that is a deep dive into um, like because because there is a degree to which like like in corporate culture and in corporate right like corporate employer employers like right so the stereotype right, right is that they don't care about your personal life your family life right you are just you know you're here to be productive for the company yeah you know all hail the company be productive for the company the mission of the company the founder of the company the the the, the all that right mm -hmm. and and that and that to some degree right it's 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 a very good um strategy to have people come to work and be completely undistracted or have any tugging at them from their outside life right and so as that starts to break down right like and and i think that there's it still hits home for me primarily as a as a parable of the danger of while you may not be severed in the most in the strict sense of how they sever people in the show yeah that you are effectively like modern work compels you to have a severed existence hmm. it compels you to have an existence where really you are not integrated you have a work self and an outside world self and you have to forcibly right and there's and there's ways right there's ways that companies try to sever you without putting a chip in your head which would be like the google the fun google campus that is like oh it's a ping pong tables or whatever and like that's really just so you won't leave and like the really good food in the cafeteria is so like you won't well like, the, the the corporations right they they don't they don't their primary mission isn't to make your personal life better right like that's not their concern now there's change there's not, that's not universally true um but well they're not just in the business of giving people jobs like you're a you're a cost at worst a cost to be managed or at best a asset to be cultivated towards their end right but like but at the end of the day you're, you're a factor of production for them they don't they don't they don't really yeah. care that they'll they pay you because that's how the system works yeah but that doesn't mean they give a shit about like if they could if they could enslave you legally they right. would if they could well uh, they would find people well the who proof that they don't care yeah. is that if they could replace you with a robot they would do it yeah. in a heartbeat <laughs> but it's like i don't know like if you have like if your job is to plow a field and you have like an oxen or whatever like you care about that oxen's well-being to the extent it's productive right like so if, if it's going to be sick and unable to plow that's that's a concern for you so you're going to like buy a medicine to get it fixed up or if it breaks its leg you're going to get it healed up but you're not ultimately like what do you oxen want out of your life? Right. Uh, let me help right. you do that because if that is like, well, I don't, I want to go frolic free in a field. Right. Center, you're going to be like, well, that well, doesn't align with what I want. So right. I don't really want to know that question. I just want to know like, <laughs> can you do the job I need you to do? So I'm going to do what I need to to keep you productive and no more. I'm not, not going like, to help you flourish. But then again, like, should we expect like a mega corporation or any employer to like really be like, who is responsible for our flourishing? Isn't it just us? Like who else? Well, I is think responsible for I that? think that the you know I mean? think that the point of the show could be that that's a misguided perspective. People are not separate selves. Yeah. People are integrated. Yeah. P 
people you do you can't you don't go to work yeah. and go down an elevator and forget them. yeah <laughs> like that's just not reality right but the but that is the reality of like most managers however is like especially if it's like if i'm paying you by the hour like when you're punched in i'm you're mine like i own you well well yeah and like you do what i say and whatever and this is the deal like this is the, the transaction we're having right like you're, you're you're renting your labor you're selling your labor but, but the company the company to do whatever the company wants is 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 there the the benefit that that relationship provides to your outside life mm -hmm. is secondary it's, it's an afterthought in the yeah. sense that they don't care what you do with the paycheck they give you right as long as like, you do the work and they're going to pay you what they agreed to pay you for that hour or however for the shift and, and the, the degree and to which they can create an environment where you are undistracted yeah. by your earthly concerns right. is to their benefit. Yeah. And yeah, because if you're taking personal calls at work or spending too much time in the bathroom or just too much chatting or too much water cooler or stuff, like that's time yeah, not or, spent. Or, or reading a book that makes you think about your life. Yeah. <laughs> right? Or like, just like if you're not producing, like it's, it's billable hours you're losing or you know, you're burning daylight or whatever. Like right. that mentality, which is like goes back to Taylorism like we talked about before. Like they like we must be like squeeze every ounce of productivity out of these humans and treat them like machines. Like well, that was and, and that's, years ago. that is, I think, at, at the end of the day, the only thing that's patently obvious, at least it appears to me on the, on the face of the show, is that, you know, it appears that the severance procedure is something that these corporations have tried to use to, to create, you know, compliant, yep. docile. Um, yeah, that seems to be the meta experiment of it. Is yeah. like, can we get a completely controllable employee? Because right. that's a valuable product that can market to the world. These corporations is like, you can sure. get all your, like, think of all the HR problems you have. We can make those all go away. With, and and it's possible, procedure. I think it's interesting, like it appears that maybe the, this technology, right, mm -hmm. was developed at a university, yeah. right, and then co-opted by corporations for nefarious purposes. It's possible that the this, history of all this, this time itself. professor <laughs> character is, yeah. is, was part of the academic side of it. And it may have been like, let's help veterans, like it's a PTSD like thing or it's, you know what I mean? Like it, it could have been like a therapeutic development of like a, a well-meaning potentially just like any other technology you can think of like oh it's to make the world better or whatever and it's like of course they're gonna get it like twisted right or it's but i think the, the the show is so brilliant at you know and i think like for as an example like that moment the moment where john Turturro's character is at bert's retirement party <laughs> and he sees the, his audi yeah. talking and you know, and then you realize, like, it's a very interesting way of, of exploring the human condition and mm -hmm. how how people, you know, like we all, to some degree, right? We 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 try to force our Audi selves to fit into this the any culture of our work, mm -hmm. and 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 we do have to create in a million different little ways, like these separate selves, to to rationalize what we're doing at work um, or to, to minimize questioning what, if what we're doing is having, has any redeeming value. Um, and then our Audis, you know, we, we want to, we do want, we want to be able to like, you know, 
I don't want to, I'm going to leave work and leave it behind. I don't want to have to yeah. bring it into my personal life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like at the end of the day, like that's just not like, but the, I think the show really raises <laughs> the question of like, right. Because, because number one, by being an any, right. You can't connect with your coworkers yeah. about anything about your outside life. You can't life. be like, what are you doing this weekend? They don't have a weekend. <laughs> right. They don't yeah. know. And, yeah. and that's very disturbing. Yeah. Right. Because there is a degree to which, you know, we do bring that to work. Like, and you do connect with your coworkers, no matter how small, like, you know, mm-hmm. usually eventually people you work close with find out who your spouse is, yeah. who your kids are, where you go on vacation, like these kinds of things. But when you create that severed environment, right, mm-hmm. then no, there's no bond. The only bond yeah. you have is to, to your shared work experience, which in the show is so forced and fake and confusing and right. Like, and so manufactured, right? Yeah. Like it's so manufactured, like, like the, all the, the rah, rah yeah. and how, I mean, I just, every time he makes a, a well, line about his finger traps, I just can't Because stop. they know like they can't actually connect personally. They probably know they have to do some kind of camaraderie, but like, I don't know, it seems to be backfiring or I don't, I can't tell like, why do they do the melon party? Why do they do the the music dance experience? It's all to, like to, to is sit. it just like like give the rats pellets yes. and get them going? Yeah, I and think so. And it seems so. to work until it's now not working. Like Dylan was all about it. Like he was the right. closer child for exactly like he was the good hamster. Right. He was like he yeah. was like yeah. The, the, the melon like, it's party. Starting to break the, up. The, it's starting to break down because right. of various factors. Like they can't. Seeing. They can't use but like the system was designed the trinkets. Yeah. Of reward. Yeah. To control anymore so like oh yeah is this all like a meta love like is this like it's very good in the moment because like this great the great like resignation and like the the, the pandemic and like the essential non-essential worker designation like all of that like there's this feeling out there that's like the zeitgeist is like um like are we being like manipulated are we just rats in a maze and it, it's been a long time like office office space was a good example of the same thing this is like the right. dark version of office space of right. like the malaise of like the post-war abundance, let's say, and then the like post-industrialization, post, like, yeah, post-industrial globalized world. Like, where do we, like, it's yeah. post-post post-Cold War, but also like the anxiety of like the age of terrorism and the age of like financial insecurity with the Great Recession and like financial malpractices and like, and then now with like the pandemic, like there's like triple layers of anxiety around everything right now, and like the world just doesn't seem very secure. Oddly enough, because like it seemed more secure when there was a cold war with like imminent nuclear annihilation. That seemed like a world that made more sense. And when you like suddenly have like one superpower right. on top, everyone's like freaking out because like nobody knows like where anything kind of is settling. Well, I and, think I think it's, like, maybe, it's, like, it provides a it right? provides a framework and a narrative that yeah. you can you can use to make sense of the world. And when, but now, not only do we not have a cold war or or an active war. But we don't even know, like, like there's yeah. an there's an inherent right. Like we've talked about this, like the 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 inherent kind of nagging sense that yeah, what I'm doing isn't even necessary. Yeah. Or that it's something that can be, either either what I'm doing actually doesn't even actually need to be done. Yeah. Or that it's already the technology already exists to replace me with software or yeah. or a robot and that 
what I'm doing, right, is, yeah. is obsolete already, even though I'm still getting paid to do it. Well, there's like that, there's that meme or that goes around. It's like the cycle of history is like, you know, hard, hard times forge good men. Um, which make good times. Good men make good times and good men make good times make men weak men. Soft men and right. soft men cause hard times. And like there's a cycle to it where it's like if the cold warriors are all dead and we're like if we're not in a hard times of cold war or any kind of war or like the greatest generation, right? You could say like the 50s, the, the 40s greatest, the, the hard times of the 40s and 30s uh, created the good times of the 50s, but that made us all soft. And then we got the 60s and 70s like malaise or whatever and so on and so forth. Um, and, you know, like, what phase are we in now, right? Are we soft and complacent because we haven't had, like, a common enemy to fight? I mean, supposedly the pandemic was supposed to be a common enemy. Like, you would think a virus that threatens all of humanity would be, like, something we can unify on. We seem to be unified against Ukraine or against Russia on this Ukraine matter right now, the whole world. Which is which is so probably temporarily. Isn't necessarily but, a good or bad thing. No, like, know. if we're all, like, rallying to, our, to the saber rattle, that's, like, disconcerting. If we're all, like, if we're all, like, war hawks suddenly, it's like, yikes. <laughs> I, think, I think for the sake of the show, I think at, yeah. at, the, at, the end, at the end of the day, like, going back to the show itself, like, it is, it is really trying to, I feel like it is trying to say something about, like, it's not healthy if you don't have two things number one you need to have some sense of like like i've thought about this a lot like i remember when i worked at like bethany's purpose. christian services with yeah. helping refugees get jobs mm -hmm. and like the the big question the question is like does it matter what you do right like so on a spectrum you could say it absolutely does not matter Which it's irrelevant like what you do the numbers you have a feeling about into certain bins would be the ultimate doesn't matter what you do like it in this no, show. Well, I mean, like, it doesn't matter what you do in the sense that it doesn't matter. Yeah. Does it matter if I make bombs? I don't care. It doesn't matter. It's oh, a job. I, I get paid. Yeah, yeah. And then the other spectrum, which is, like, on the other end would be, like, I can't believe they pay me a fully this. ethical integration yeah. where what I'm doing is absolutely 100% integrated with yeah. my personal ethics and the and the. It's, universal it's ethics the, like i can't things. believe they pay me to do this i would almost do it for free or i would if i had well, beyond if money that, was no object i it, would do this anyway not only do i enjoy it fully yeah. and would do it for free but it's, it's a fully yeah it fits the the grand scheme of right. ethics and morality there's no harm being building done. schools for girls in afghanistan or whatever right like that is advancing and, everything at all fronts at once yeah. and to the degree that like in the show right like it's like the extreme is like you know like Mm -hmm. So it, it does matter what you do, yeah. right? Like it matters what, what, at the end of the day, we all we do something. Like what you're doing matters. Like, we do something yeah. to exchange, we exchange our actions for some resource, yeah. financial. But how long would somebody like have a job where your job is one day to dig a hole and the next day fill it in and do that for 40 years? Like for what price would you do that for your career? <laughs> well, you know I mean, mean, so to be clear, like, I would do that forever if it kept me from starving. But like, is there a minimum threshold, a dollar amount or like? You know what I mean? Like, what if you put that out for bid? If you put that job out for bid, I'm curious, like, what people would, like, how many people would sign up for 40 years? You can't ever change your job, and you got to like put in your bid now. Like, how long do you think you could do that? Or well, would so, what degree like, do we are people already doing that? Yeah, well, and, I know, and like, doing it like, with, with the, yeah, like, like, I know this is bullshit, but they know that it's not actually moving any needle anywhere. I gotta pay rent. It's not doing anything. Yes, I gotta pay Versus rent. Versus then, if you were like, hey, we will make sure that you have a food shelter and whatever, and we'd like you to spend your time digging this hole and filling it in every day. If that, those are two, if you decouple I think, I think the, the degree to the which provision. The degree yeah. to which someone can tolerate that yeah. is the degree to which they have any 
opportunity to change that situation yeah. or the degree to which they can't change it because their only other option is right poverty right which is why i think this whole like idea of like universal basic income or where this where that could lead is super interesting because like if you decouple work like work from life <laughs> as it were like if you don't need to work to live anymore um that's a whole that different... is completely disruptive like right. that is at, at the level like this book we were that's, talking about that, that, that is that at is, the level of agricultural is, disruption and that is a, disruption. that is an existential yes. crisis yeah like if if your food energy and housing were taken care of who are you like what would you do with yourself who are you if you are not primarily you the agent grind it out by which to, you to live you, yeah if it's all on the you provisions. to have a, a fulfilling life um what would you do right so well i think and i think i think just to go back to what i was saying just to make to close yeah. this like 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 most people don't exist on the opposite the extremes yeah. of that spectrum we do have to some in some ways like like compromise mm -hmm. because the system that we're in requires us to exchange our labors for some yeah. financial right but at the end of the day it does ultimately matter what you like like it, you can't live with blinders on or or or, or ignoring yeah. um the consequences of what you do for it'll a living it'll get you eventually like right. you probably could if the money's like i personally for a while, like right? i personally i could i couldn't and then there might be a, a degree of hypocrisy to this but I, I couldn't work in a bomb factory yeah like I, I couldn't, I couldn't. Or like a predatory financial institution. Yeah, like I couldn't. Credit I, collection or something. There's, yeah. there, so it matters. Yeah. But it's very complex. Like, yeah. like, like, like I remember when I when I was. But working, you're perfectly okay owning uh, owning shares in an index fund of like. Lockheed well, somebody, Martin, somebody right? might be. Like I'm that, not. But, but I mean, like, but, if if we own any amount right. of stock or any amount of like, if we own a mutual fund, you own Lockheed Martin, which makes bombs. Right. So you're, like, aren't you functionally? Kind of paying if, into if you in fact are, then <laughs> there's a level of hypocrisy there. This, yeah, like, but I think it's impossible to like, I, I, I'll use this illustration <laughs> because it was something that drove home to me. I remember when I was working at Bethany Christian Services, helping refugees find jobs, and they were all going to this meatpacking yeah. company. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, first of all, clearly, like, it is a factor of privilege that you could even choose to not do that job. Yeah. Right. So, so now that job and the conditions and everything about that job is, is awful. Yeah. But if that's your only option mm -hmm. or you perceive that to be your only option, then well, ethics be damned or job satisfaction be damned. I, I don't have a choice. Yeah. Um, in fact, this is the this is where the institution that's helping me integrate has brought me mm -hmm. to work. But it doesn't change the fact that it's still a terrible job with yeah. terrible work conditions. It has the same effect on someone mm -hmm. from their physical and mental and emotional. But at the same time, they they have no they don't have the luxury of saying, well, this is a terrible terrible work yeah and i i'm i'm gonna you know try to do something else you know but anyway all right we're out of time all right we'll catch you next time <laughs>